This piece has been brought to you by Bonnie Plants, bonnieplants.com. I'm Erin Fairbanks, host of The Farm Report. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Greetings and welcome to Animal Instinct here on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Celia Kutcher, also known as the Food Healer. And today we're talking hedgehogs and we're talking hedgehogs with Lorelai Tibbetts, who is the manager of the Center for Avian and Exotic Medicine in New York City. They do all exotic animals. If you have an exotic, check them out. They're really, really great people. They do wonderful medicine. And Lorelai's been here a couple times, so we're like old friends. Yay! Lorelai, how are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to be back. I'm thrilled you're here. And I'm really excited to talk about hedgehogs because we had a little mishap last week. Mm -hmm. But so let's do this. Loving hedgehogs. I know nothing about them. Like, I know nothing about them, so some of these questions You're are not alone. got to be really stupid, I'm sure. Totally know? okay. Most people aren't, you know, PhDs in hedgehogs, so we'll get you up to speed. I appreciate that, because I think I've maybe seen one in person, mm-hmm. so this is like a whole little, you know, hedgehog extravaganza. Okay. okay. So, how long have these things been around? Well, you know, they're actually one of the more kind of ancient species. Really? They, yeah, they're very, very old. We're talking 15 million years. Really? In ancestry, oh my God. yep, yep, very old species. So um, they've been around a, a very long time, and uh, they've been kind of part of uh, people's lives as pets. You know, potentially as long as people could remember. Like, have they always been that small, or were like prehistoric hedgehogs like giant things, <laughs> <laughs> dinosaur hedgehogs? Totally. Well, there's a lot of different kinds of hedgehogs. There's actually up uh, 15 to 17 really? species of hedgehogs around the world, okay. well, in the different countries where they exist, and um, some of them are small, like the ones we have in captivity, which are we call African pygmy hedgehogs. Okay, they're one of the smaller kinds. But you know, European hedgehogs that are a lot more um, common, obviously in Europe, are, are significantly bigger. Okay. Still not that big, like rabbit size, kind of. Mm, a little smaller than that, more like a big guinea pig. Okay, cool. And who are they? What are they most closely related to? Well, that's an interesting question because people always think that they're related to porcupines. Oh. But they are not. Really? Yep. Porcupines are rodents. Hedgehogs are not. So they're huh. completely different families. They just both happen to be kind of spiny. <laughs> um, they don't have a lot of close relatives, partly because of how old they are. It is thought that maybe they're uh, related to shrews and voles okay. and moles and little little guys like that. But they don't have a lot of close relatives. And how big, like the smallest hedgehog are the African pygmies that I've seen. I'm assuming they're like hand-sized. Yeah, they're like a like a baseball Okay. when they're in a ball, which they usually are. And like how big are like the biggest ones? More like a melon. Okay. That's substantial. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a fetus, you know? Yeah. I was like, at this point, you have an orange. Yeah. <laughs> And where are they found in the world? Well, they're indigenous to Europe, Asia, and Africa. Huh. Um, they are also an introduced species in New Zealand, so there are some there, but they're not there, you know, like most species in New Zealand, they yeah. are introduced, so they're actually considered an invasive species there. They are not indigenous to that area. Um, but but Afri- uh, Africa, mostly northern Africa, Asia, huh. that's, you know, and then obviously the Europe, they're all over. I wasn't expecting Asia, but I don't know yep. why, because they look it, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, it looks like a perfect little Japanese cartoon. Yeah, yeah. They probably originated there, is my guess, if I had to guess, and then they were introduced into Europe. That makes sense. Yeah. 
that really makes sense. And then what's the ideal habitat for a hedgehog? Where do they live? Well, in nature, they live um, in shrubbery, you know, oh, in okay. hedges, right? Oh, hedgehog. really? It's tr- I swear <laughs> to God, I don't make this up. They kind of root around in the, and live in underbrush. Um, so they, um, that, that's the name. And, you know, when we're talking in captivity, how yeah. to set them up properly, yeah. Um, you know, unless you have hedges and shrubs in, in your home, you're going to try to set them up maybe similar to that of like a guinea pig. We do consider them caged pets in that they don't really just roam around your house. Okay. So you'd have an enclosure for them that should have a lot of different places for them to hide, okay. um, places for them to sleep. Mm-hmm. They are nocturnal, so oh, okay. you want to make sure they have a good sleeping box so they can be comfortable during the day when they they don't want to be you know yeah, basking yeah. in the sun. Um, and they're very active at night. Really? So you need to have, um, they need a lot of exercise. They need places to exercise in their enclosure, like a rodent wheel. Okay. Uh, even though they're not rodents, you'd want something they could run on and wow. things like that. So, um, yeah, they're very, people don't know that. They're very active. So you have to make sure they have a lot of time out of the enclosure. You can even put them in, you know, they saw those cute little balls that you put yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. hamster balls yeah, in. Yeah. And stuff like that. So you can get those and they can put them in those. Um, or if you're comfortable and have a good relationship with your hedgehog, let them play around your floor as long as it's hedgehog proof. Yeah, so no wires, no you know, chalk yeah. on the floor. No places they can get into and then you can't get them out. Because oh. they're small. They could get into, like, if you've got crevices and things God. lost in the sofa, you know, that kind of stuff. That would be a fun visit. I know. You wouldn't want to be reaching into pull a hedgehog out of your sofa hole. Oh my god, I mean, it's just like... That would hurt. It's like, where is he? (laughs) And so, like, what's a hedgehog's job in the environment? What's their role? Well, they are mostly insectivorous in the wild. So, um, they do eat and probably have some sort of uh, insect control, I would guess. Um, People might Mm -hmm. like them to take care of... uh, garden insects and things like that. They eat slugs and snails and um, bugs and stuff like that. Uh, I think in Europe they have some um, significance as far as just part of their heritage. They're they're kind of one of their uh, mascots Mm -hmm. in the in the UK in particular. I know they're 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 very common. It's a popular animal that they kind of value as part of their um, They're like nuts over them over there compared to us. Mm -hmm. Now what I love about the UK is when people in the UK get involved in something and especially an animal of some sort, they really learn it and they get really into it, you know? And so like, yeah, hedgehogs, when I was doing research for the show, it was, everything was like UK, UK, UK. Yeah. They're real popular there. And they, and they, you know, and they live there indigenously. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a big, big thing. So are these animals legal in the U S well, they are, that's a hard question yeah. to answer. It depends on where you live. Okay. Um, so, for instance, New York City, the municipality of New York City, uh, many exotic, what would be considered exotic pets, are not legal because they are technically not domesticated. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't go into a local pet co or pet land discount or yeah. one of the chain shops and buy a hedgehog they can't sell them okay. you're not allowed to but you can certainly buy them online mm-hmm. um, and there are some states and municipalities where uh, for whatever reason they've they've uh, made it allowed that people can own them there mm-hmm. so we we do certainly have plenty of people who own them and bring them in and and we care for them um, as I tell people a lot people ask us a question as veterinarians oh, yeah. well, you know my pet's illegal can I bring it in are you going to take my pet away and the Answer yeah, is totally. no. 
yeah. we don't do that. We are we we are there to uh, to serve their medical needs. We're not the police, so people mm-hmm. do bring them into us. So don't be scared to bring them in. We're, <laughs> we're not going to take them away. We'll just help them. <laughs> yeah, because I knew some woman in New Jersey who had a bunch, and she, that was a problem that she had. Was I don't know where she got them, but she knew a breeder or something. Yeah. But like vet visits, it was like I need to find someone who's going to be cool with this, and it's like yeah. I really don't think they're going to confiscate your pets. You know. I would that I have never heard of a veterinarian doing that. You know, as long as the people are, are caring for the animal yeah. properly, I yeah. would imagine that wouldn't. Be. I mean, I could see it if it was something like really dangerous, like yeah. a rattlesnake or something. You know, right? And be like, mm, I've got a tiger. I'd like to totally. bring it. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> I might want to report that. I mean, just for the safety of you know the world. Exactly for humanity. <laughs> my God, you know. And so I hate to ask this question, but it's been a, a theme this year. Um, I'm assuming hedgehog numbers are declining. Do you know anything about this? Well, they're not endangered. Okay, good. Um, yeah, they. I think like most species um, in the world, they are they are declining. Yeah, and it's. They don't have a lot of natural predators. Um, there are some predatorial species like uh, uh, raptors, the large oh, wow. eagles and owls. Um, not a lot of animals are interested in in eating them because mm-hmm. they are very difficult. They're, you know, they, they when they're threatened, they ball up into a tight little ball and mm-hmm. they're covered in sharp spines. They are sharp, huh? Yeah, it okay. hurts. Um, so no one's going to want to take a bite of that. Yeah. And so they they don't have a ton of predators. You know, ferrets, mongooses, things like that mm-hmm. might it might enjoy the the challenge of getting at them, yeah. but their biggest predator is man. Okay. Um, so, for instance, in Europe, the main problem that they have is um, those weed whackers. Oh God! I'd say, I mean, yeah, oh. uh, they people are caring for their gardens, oh. and that's where they live in the edges of gardens and things like that. And they just, yeah, it, record day. Oh I my know. God, I'd be a mess. It would be horrible. And then also the. Um, uh, pesticide control. People yeah. use uh, things to kill slugs and, and things in their garden, mm-hmm. and then these guys are going in there to eat them. Exactly, and they're getting poisoned. So they're not they're not on the endangered species uh, list at this time. But um, like most species, they are heading in that direction. If, if yeah, uh, if we don't protect them better. And they, how many? Like when they breed, are they like mice where they have like a million in a year, or is it? Like a little <laughs> Depends slower? on the species. You know, the ones that we see in captivity, it's more like five to eight babies. But wow. there are some that can have up to like eleven. Oh my yeah. god! Mm-hmm. Wow. So wow. they're pretty prolific. That's a trip. Mm-hmm. And how long do they live? They don't have very long lifespans. Mm-hmm. Um, usually four to six years. Okay. Um, not 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 as long as people like. It's it's uh, one of the sad parts about owning them is they, yeah they just don't live that long. Yeah, it was like I had a guinea pig that I loved, and she lived she lived forever. Like oh my god, she died at I think seven, mm-hmm. and the vets were like, what? It was like, yeah. how is this even possible? You yeah. know, yeah. a seven year old hedgehog would be pretty unusual yeah it's um that's the thing about the small animals i mean if you're you know if you want something that's not going to last as long as a cat or a dog it's great but still it's you know you get so attached you get so attached you get just as attached as you do a lot of times they're so engaging and and personable these little guys and and people don't think they're going to get attached and before you know it it's you're in love with them everyone i know i mean there's especially this woman in jersey i know two people so like everyone i know is like two people (laughs) but they're like completely obsessed yeah and they you know, if you start them talking about their hedgehogs, it, and the stories are great. You know, yeah. it's awesome because it's really fun. So it's not like, oh God, here we go with 800 hedgehog photographs or something. But I mean, the personalities on these guys seem like they're really. It, it seems like a, a lot more of a personable pet than like 
Oh, God, I don't even know. Like a hamster or a gerbil, they seem to be, have huge personalities. They do. I mean, you have to take time with them. You know, they, they're they very solitary animals. Mm-hmm. So if you don't make the effort to socialize them when they're young, you won't have a great relationship with them because they're just going to get scared every time you come by and ball up. Yeah. Um, but if you take the time from when they're really young and socialize with them, they're just, they're hilarious. They're fun. They're curious. They're playful. Um, I don't know that I'd use the word affectionate, okay. but, <laughs> but, they're, but they're certainly a lot of fun. And what do they do in the winter? As, uh, as far as hibernation? Yeah. Are they, are they, do they have the wild ones hibernate? It depends on where they are. They, there are some Good species point. that will hibernate when it gets cold. Um, there are also species in hot climates mm-hmm. that, will, um, that will go into a, a similar mode of hibernation from the heat. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, in captivity, though, I pretty much always we warn people don't, because people will go online and they'll read like, oh, your, your hedgehog should hibernate. In captivity, there's no need for them to do that. Right. And you should not encourage them to do that. Okay. Because it's it's not something that is required for them to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that's required for them to survive in the wild um, if they're in you know cold climates, but not not in your apartment. You know, it's so funny because it's like. I always envision hedgehogs being like moles, like that they make like these burrows underground and mm-hmm. all this, and they don't. And so it's like, okay, well, when it gets cold, then, you know, it's like go down for warmth or that kind of thing. And it's just... They just shut down. I mean, they... Yeah, they, they really... they Their body, I mean, you know, they go into hibernation. They, a lot of times you hear stories of people who find them in their yards and they think that they're dead. Oh, no. But they're not. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, they'll take the body or whatever, and then they they wake up and it's like, oh my god! It's it's it wasn't breathing. It was ice cold, but no, that's what hibernation is. It's really, I mean, it, that's something else that blows my mind. Is like when you know, because we always talk about like a certain animal, and so of course there's always subspecies and you know that kind of thing. But like, how well they adapt? Like the yeah. fact that there's some in Africa, and then you've got mm-hmm. some in Asia, you know, and you've got some in Europe where it's cold. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's amazing that they can do that and just survive. It's totally amazing. But that's what 15 million years will give you. Yeah, I right. Guess. It gives you enough. <laughs> Time, They've so. had time, yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. Well, I am talking to Lorelai Tibbetts all about hedgehogs. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and continue the conversation. just your garden it's the way you live and there's so much to know but you have help bonnie plants now with bonnie's app homegrown you can learn about veggie and herb varieties track and record your garden with photos and notes share on facebook and twitter and so much more how'd you ever grow without it get homegrown with bonnie plants for iphone and android the more you know the better you can grow with bonnie and we are back. I am talking to Lorelai Tibbetts, manager of the Center for Avian and Exotic Medicine, all about hedgehogs. And we're learning a lot. And they're actually really awesome. I'm kind of like, I, I shouldn't do shows about animals I'm interested in because I'm just like, I want one. Like now I'm like going to be like, I need a hedgehog. I know it. It's ridiculous. Well, you might, th- you, you may want to rethink that. I know, right? It's not it's, for everyone. It's not for everyone. Are they hard work? Well, 
it, it's not so much a, a, their hard work. It's that, um, well, I guess the things to think about if you're thinking about getting a hedgehog is, um, number one, they do um, require, in my opinion, yeah. live bugs. Okay. You can't, a lot of people sell, uh, their pet stores will sell, you know, hedgehog food or they'll, yeah, breeders will that. tell them just feed cat food yeah. or dog food. But I am a firm believer that these animals should have um, appropriate diets. Totally. Um, maybe in addition to a commercially made diet, mm-hmm. um, bugs, mealworms, slugs, crickets, yeah. they love them. I mean, whenever you offer them to these guys, they go crazy. Nice. It's like, it's really something that gives them enrichment in their lives and yeah. is important. So if you're not up for that, it may not be a pet for you. Okay. And also, you have to be prepared that they they may not want to, you know, hang out with you. Yeah. Um, they And it can be, you know, depressing for someone to get an adorable animal that they totally. want to interact with, they want to play with, <laughs> and every time they go to pick it up, it turns into a ball and pokes them and hurts them, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. That, that may not, you know, be enjoyable for you. <laughs> so it's something to really, you know, to really think about, maybe visit with some hedgehogs first mm-hmm. before you uh, decide you want to go out and, and, you know, get one. Would you recommend these for someone with a kid? I wouldn't, okay. no. No. I mean, there's also, you know, they can get um, sal- spread salmonella. Oh, wow. They can also spread ringworm is something okay. we commonly see with them. They do require veterinary care for these things. They can, most of them have mites coming from the breeders. Makes it's sense. very common with them. We need to um, deparasitize them. So um, I, I don't think it's a great animal for kids. They're not, it's not like a puppy. They're going to, you know, learn good habits. You know, people yeah. tend to want to get pets for their kids. They're trying to teach them responsibility and good habits and stuff like that. And that's all great. Yeah. But um, other than cleaning the cage and giving it attention, I, I feel like there's some risks involved with Fair enough. hedgehogs for kids. No, and I think that's a good point because they're so damn cute that mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, I'll get my three-year-old one. It's okay. Right, yeah, right. Oh, so. it's adorable. It's cute. But then they... they they roll in a ball and roll around the floor, and you're like, now what do I do? <laughs> put gloves on and pick it up and put it back in the cage. Seriously. It's like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, um, but, 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 what are, since they are pretty solitary, what are their mating habits like? Like, Do they find each other on the moonlit night and that kind of thing? Oh, my or? God, it's kind of exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they don't live in groups. Um, they're wow. social. Their dynamics are very in my opinion, strange. Yeah, like, totally. They, they, they basically, yeah, they're nocturnal animals. They, when they're in their breeding season, they, uh, wink at each other and <laughs> find someone. They come together for mating purposes and that is it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And they really don't stay together. And then even when they're, um, when the babies are born, mm-hmm. they wean at like five or six weeks and they're gone. Wow. And that's it. Wow. They're on their own. Wow. I know. Kind of lonely. They live a lonely life. Yeah, seriously. It's like single mama, and then like all oh, your babies leave, yeah. and it's like, what happened? That's, that's that's what they like. I don't know. And so, for can how old does a hedgehog have to be to breed? Like in a lifespan of a female hedgehog, what is it like five, six litters? Well, because or? they're well, they probably they would have to be about like two to three months before they're going to be mm-hmm. um, you know sexually mature, um, and I would imagine they could breed pretty much until yeah, they're totally. you know sick and old. They don't have you know menopause so to speak, huh? But uh, you know, their, their breeding days are probably limited to totally a couple years. 
it's it's uh, it's really interesting because I mean you know it's just like this cartoon mentality of like no we're all friends we live in a big family in like, this hedgehog land in this little underground house and it's like it's all wrong people yeah because <laughs> there's so many other animals of that size like mm-hmm. you know you think of like I said guinea pigs they, yeah they love living you know in groups and rabbits they live in these big you know warrens yeah. and, um, and different social orders but hedgehogs are just not like that it's so funny mm-hmm. and it's like and even just their body is like get away from me. <laughs> it's like the hermit prickly of the in animal more ways world. than one, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, this is something that I ask all my guests. Um, where's what are? Do you have any good sites that are, are anywhere good for to recommend for people that want to find out more information about hedgehogs? I really had a hard time looking mm. online finding much of anything. To be honest with you, yeah, you know, I don't have a go-to hedgehog website. Yeah, that's a really good point. We have go-to rabbit websites, go-to guinea pig ones. Um, that doesn't mean there are bad ones. Yeah, um, I just don't have one in particular I recommend. I guess what I I would say is. To anybody, you know, there's good information on the internet mm-hmm. for pet care, and there's bad information. Mm-hmm. Um, if you suspect there's something wrong with your pet physically, always consult a, a veterinarian yeah. that specializes in exotics, and not yeah. a dog and cat vet yeah. that may see one hedgehog a year. Totally. Find someone who really knows them. And um, if you're just looking for care, um, you know, look at more than one website. You know, yeah. definitely talk to your breeders. Talk to you know, look on different websites, see what the general consensus is, or even better, again. Go to a vet. Let yeah. the professionals tell you what the right right things to do are. So let's say I wanted a hedgehog and I know nothing about them. Right. Could I make an appointment at the Center for Avian and Exotic Medicine and come in and speak to a vet about them without having an animal physically there? Is um, that something you guys can do? Or? Most people don't do that. Yeah. Um, if you were to call to request that, they might make you know give you my email and mm-hmm. say email Lorelai and totally. uh, and she'll she'll give you some advice before you buy the pet. That's cool. Yeah, because you, cool. know, I, I, you know we want people to spend their money on the actual exam. It would be a weird exam too. I mean, be right. like, here's my fantasy pet. So should I get it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's like no vitals, nothing, no temperature. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have a body weight on that one. No. Like, I don't know. He looks good, though. He's cute. He's healthy. <laughs> yeah, because I was looking, too, and it was like I found on some of the hedgehog care sites, it was interesting because there was one that was like, oh, just feed him cat food. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was another one that was like, no, bugs. And it was like, okay, so... Well, and to be honest, they're they're technically omnivores. They're okay. insectivorous as far as that's their preference, mm-hmm. but they can uh, eat uh, fruits, vegetables, things okay. like that, and that can be and should be part of their diet as far as um, again, enrichment. I, yeah. I, I firmly believe with exotic animals, it's not okay to just take these animals, stick them in a cage and give them cat food. Yeah, I agree. Um, you want to give them, like I was talking about earlier, exercise and um, a diet that they can really enjoy. I mean, yeah. um, different kinds of bugs, different kinds of fruits yeah. and, and veggies and, and yes, a commercially made um, hedgehog or a high quality mm-hmm. cat food diet is, mm-hmm. is, is good to have as part of it, but you want to make their um, short lives as fill, full as possible. Yeah. It's just not fair to take these animals and, and put them in a cage and forget about them. That's the thing. And it's like, I mean, what I wonder about that, too, is, you know, I mean, because they're so little. Like, do mm-hmm. you have any idea, like, how far a hedgehog travels in a day? Like, in the wild? They they can literally travel dozens of miles. Really? Yeah, yeah, and they're quite fast, oh my which God. is amazing. Oh, my God. I know, I know. They What they, they spend... 
all their night times running and walking and okay. foraging for food, looking for food. That's yeah. what they do. I mean, um, literally dozens of miles. They're very, very um, energetic. And they're, they, just because they're nocturnal doesn't mean that they're not active. Totally. And obesity is actually an issue. <laughs> I we, would think so, too. That we see yeah. in captivity because people don't know how much exercise um, they really should have. I mean, it's like the more we're talking about it, and with no disrespect to any hedgehog owners out there, but this sounds like it's like yeah. not the best pet. Well, they also of... love to swim. No way. They do. I sw- oh they swim. <laughs> they climb. There are reports of oh them God. being able to climb brick walls and um, fencing. They, wow. Yeah, yeah. And we know they love to swim. If you, you know, there's a lot <laughs> so of random. I know it's very <laughs> random. They're they're amazing little animals. So people just again, they don't think they just you know put them in a in a in an enclosure, but mm-hmm. um, I am always trying to get people, you know, put them in a shallow bath or in the sink and let them paddle around. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, totally. And yeah. I mean, for a cage, for one, I mean, it's like I almost feel like most of the small animal cages in my book are way too small. And oh, so, yeah. like, I had this gigantic guinea pig cage for Stella. And even for her, it was too small, but it was big. It was yeah. probably quadruple the size of a normal rodent cage, you know what I mean? Yep. So I feel like a hedgehog cage should be like this gigantic terrarium in your house almost or some, you know, huge structure. It should be, you know, I always tell people the, the biggest cage you can afford and will fit in your home. But yeah. it's still, even if you do have that, it's still, again, 15, 20 miles a night. So get them a wheel. Again, put them in a little exercise ball. Let them come out. It's crazy. It reminds me of, you know, like husky owners that are like, my dog never gets tired. And then they took those Iditarod dogs and did um, stress tests out of what they finished. And after a thousand mile race, they were just warming up. Unbelievable. Might want to rethink that breed for a city. Yeah, yeah. Probably don't want to let it sit in your apartment for 12 hours I can't imagine why it ate the couch. I know. I don't know what brought wrong there. Put it on Prozac. That's the thing. And I think that that's a really good point to talk about a little bit is the fact of like appropriate pets, mm-hmm. you know, because just because something's damn cute doesn't mean that you're it's going to be a good relationship between you and that yeah. animal. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I think what makes it even harder for hedgehogs is because they are often, as sad as it sounds, disappointing to people. They don't mm. meet their expectations. So they even get doubly neglected oh. because... You know, I can't, I, they don't have a, people don't often don't have that bond with them. If yeah. they can't handle them at all, yeah. it's hard to feel the love for them to give them the totally. extra enrichment and medical care. And people often don't even notice when they're sick. I mean, oh, I God. can't tell you how many times we don't see them until something is seriously oh, wrong. And worst. it's not just that they're bad people. It's just they didn't notice because yeah. they're not handling them regularly yeah. because they don't have that bond with them. So... Um, it, it, you know, I really try to when when people do contact me to try to figure out if a pet is right for them. A yeah. lot of times, I find myself discouraging them from getting these animals. Um, I think I think rescuing them is a great idea, mm-hmm. and I think there are some animals that are more suited, you know, just certain families than others. I, I agree with that, and I think honestly, I think it's a really intelligent and mature thing to do if you're thinking about an animal and you're like, well, I don't know if I really want a 14 foot boa in my home. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. whatever that animal may be. I mean, a dog or a cat might not be appropriate for May you not, yeah. once you find out how much work is involved. I live know? in a fifth floor walk up. I am not going to be walking a dog wow. down five flights of stairs no, to walk it. it five times a day. <laughs> Seriously? Not going to happen. Like, nope. <laughs> thank you. I don't think so. Yeah. It's crazy, but it's true. And it's, you know, this is the thing about these because it's like, you know, you see them and it's... 
there's all gout. And everyone's, oh, it's like, yeah, there's a little, so they'll just hang out in my purse all day or, you know, hang out in my hand all day or watch TV with me or, you know. Yeah. And Except it's, they're nocturnal and they're not the going to want to do that. And I've heard that some people have tried to turn nocturnal animals into diurnal animals. Mm-hmm. You can't really do that, can you? Well, you can try. Yeah. If, you know, I... I is it causing them some sort of um, physiological stress that's setting them up for being immune compromised? Maybe. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I think those animals probably suffer a certain degree of sleep deprivation. We're going against their innate totally. instincts. And again, these are not domestic animals. These yeah. haven't been domestically bred for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years like yeah. dogs and cats. So they still have a lot of their, their innate, um, uh, you know, senses totally. are intact so totally. uh, their their bodies are programmed to be awake at night and foraging and hunting and running and swimming and climbing at night and in sleeping in the day so it's and that, hard to breed that out of an animal you're not going to do it in one or two generations mm-hmm. and that can make owners crazy too because mm-hmm. like you know anyone that's had a gerbil or a hamster with that mm-hmm. damn wheel going all night i mean that thing's loud yeah so it's really something to think about if you're like yeah, yeah. you know i mean they're lovely animals i have nothing against them but i think as a pet um, I just think that they're misunderstood, and after what you've told me today, I think they're way more complicated than people would assume. They're, they are. They're complicated. Um, they're, they're beautiful. They're fun. They're interactive. But, you know, they're, they're, they're tough. You have to really do your research and make sure you're, you're ready for what it takes. Do you have any good stories about hedgehogs? Any good clients? Well, we, do, we have some great hedgehog clients. Um, one of the funny things about hedgehogs that they do that we, we get a lot of vet referrals for, which is always funny to me, and this is how I know a vet doesn't treat a lot of hedgehogs, the clients will come in and they'll say, oh, my hedgehog's really sick. He's you know frothing at the mouth. They think oh, he's Lord. got rabies. Oh, my God, he's, oh, he's no. got rabies. And we're like, oh, wow, this is, this is serious. Because we, you know, we joke because we know that hedgehogs really don't get rabies, mm. especially living in someone's apartment. Um, but what they do is something called self-anointing, Ooh. which is when they, and we don't really know why this happens, but we know that hedgehogs, when they encounter new objects uh-huh. or new scenarios, they um, hypersalivate and they <laughs> ball up their saliva and they, they kind of get it all over themselves. They rub it on their quills. They rub it <laughs> on the th- objects in their enclosure. And it's really disgusting. And it kind of can look like they're rabid because they're making these like saliva balls. But it's a natural um, thing that hedgehogs do uh, in the wild and in captivity. Um, and they, they, they self-anoint and That's they rub, rub spit all over themselves. Sounds like a date I was on. Recently. I know, right? It's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. So, Not good. I know. Right? That's a whole other show. <laughs> That's another show. That's next week. So is there anything about hedgehogs that you learned that really surprised you when you found out? Well, I th- what I think is fascinating is, you know, they have very uh, poor vision. Oh, wow. They don't see well, um, like a lot of nocturnal animals. Yeah. But they have amazing sense of smell huh. and hearing. Really? These are animals that can literally smell and hear worms in the dirt, hunt for them, dig them up, and eat them. I mean, they're amazing. Um, And they have done um, some research on on, the abilities that they have, Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's pretty remarkable. I I was kind of blown away when I uh, read some papers about that. It's so amazing. I mean, all animals have these like little special gifts. You know, they do. Wow. I know. Some we're just all good at some things and not as good at at others. Totally. Totally. Just like us. It's perfect. It works out beautifully. (laughs) 
I am so thrilled that you came in, Lorelai. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate You're it. Welcome. I love talking to you. And yeah, and you, you're so full of information. You know your stuff, <laughs> so which is really, really nice. So, yeah, if any of you guys have any exotics and you live in the tri-state area, the Center for Avian and Exotic Medicine in New York City is a wonderful, wonderful place. Um, do not bring your dogs and cats. This is for avians and exotic animals. So, you know, basically everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really like them. I've known them for a while. They're really, really great people. Everyone there loves their work. Um, I can go on and on about it, but what I love about it is I can drag Lorelai in here with a two-day warning <laughs> and get this awesome interview about <laughs> Happy to help. funky animals. Last so, minute, Lorelai, you got me in. Dude, thank you so much, really. I really, really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> And so next week, we're going to have a pretty intense show about rhinos. Uh, I'm very excited about this one. It's a very serious show. However, we're going to try to keep it light as always. So thank you guys for tuning in. Lorelai, thank you as always. And uh, we will see you guys next week. So until then, take care. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.